Hi guys, here we are again talking about coaching. I'm here with Yannick and Sevash. And our first question today is going to be, how do I structure an effective coaching session? <laughs> yeah, big question. Uh, <laughs> by the way, I love, I love that you're taking on uh, Sivash's pronunciation of my name. I don't think there's anybody who calls me <laughs> Yannick. Yeah. I, I quite like it because it's like closer to the original French that it's actually from. But like, um, it, it's funny how, how language uh, takes us on, right? Um, mm. <laughs> I'm clearly very empathetic to Sivash, yeah. <laughs> I had a lot of uh, NLP uh, kind of exposure uh, lately, and uh, that's definitely something that you notice is like when when rapport gets built, you know, when people like each other, uh, they tend to they tend to get closer to uh, to to the language that they each use. <laughs> cool. <laughs> well, effective coaching sessions. Um, I, I think as you brought the question in, we haven't discussed it at all yet. But my first mm -hmm. response was like, "Oh my god, that's a huge question." And so dependent on context, you know, because what's what's effective? My wife challenged me hard on this uh, the other day because talking about science and I was uh, telling about an effective intervention and she really challenged me on what effective means, you know? Yeah. So I thought about it quite a bit and I think it's useful to just kind of bring that up first because effective as I see it is if something does what it is set out to do, right? Mm -hmm. So by that, by that definition, an effective coaching session would be one that is uh, setting out what it says to do, which is dependent on what is the goal that the client is bringing in. Mm -hmm. right? So um, if the client wants to uh, double their income, if they double their income by the time that they set out to do that, that's uh, very effective. You know, How do you structure that kind of session? Probably very different from when the client comes in and says, I I'm feel lost and I, I'm trying to make sense of this experience that I've had or something difficult happened to me and I, I'm just trying to wrap my head around it so I, I don't feel so confused and lost. I want to feel clear and, and, and knowing what's going on. And, you know, that's, that's an effective session would mean that person has clarity. Mm -hmm. But it is much more vague because you, you don't necessarily know what that clarity would look like. You, you might know what it feels like, you know, but you don't necessarily know where to go with it because the space is so open. You know, if somebody wants to double their income, there's, there's a much easier laying, laying out that, that route, that path to get there so that the session would have a different structure to kind of opening up a space for exploration. Tell me about it, you know, Let, let's talk about it, you know, and, and holding that space for somebody, that's going to be the most effective approach if somebody's trying to wrap their head around it. Whereas when somebody comes in with a different goal, it, there might be a very different way to structure that session. One has, might need to be very structured and very clear in its pathway. Another one, it, it might be the most effective way is to allow an open space for somebody to unfold their thoughts without much structure at all, other than to hold the space, you know, with the coaching competencies. So that's why it's a difficult question for me to answer. It, it would, I would always have to put it in the context of what does that client want out of the coaching? Hmm. It's interesting. I mean, you know, what I'm, what I'm taking from that is kind of, you know, I'm hearing there is no kind of one size fits all uh, format or formula. And that kind of really reflects kind of how I was taught coaching where I learned. Um, 
you know, and, and it's quite like situational and kind of contextual to, to what the client brings, which, which I totally get. On the other hand, for me as someone with kind of like a mind that, that can quite easily kind of go in a million directions and who can find that a bit kind of overwhelming in, in my coaching, um, I, I have found um, that giving or having like, you know, a kind of an underlying structure for myself a little bit about kind of opening, middle and closing and like especially the, the opening and the closing bit to kind of book market has been really effective and powerful um, just to kind of give it a bit of consistency. And I think, you know, the, 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 the specific way I'm kind of thinking of, I got from someone I, who's been coaching me um, and I just found his tools quite powerful as a way of kind of setting us up for the session and getting my head in the right space. Um, so just to be a bit more specific, you know, he's got something which he calls a whiffle. Um, what I feel like expressing is what WIFL stands for. So we open every session with this kind of, you know, what I feel like expressing. And I will start saying like, what I feel like expressing is blah, 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 is what I feel like expressing. And then he will whiffle back at me and then we will do burns. Um, and burns is just kind of any stuff that's come up from the whiffles that we still want to get out. And then it kind of, it clears the space. It creates a connection. We both kind of get all the immediate kind of like stuff buzzing off the table. And then we start a conversation. And again, with the closing, you know, what I found really powerful is when we kind of end the session by saying like, you know, what was the key point from today? What are your key takeaways? What are you going to go do? Because it just kind of when, when a conversation is so free floating and goes all over the place, um, I find it really helpful at the end to, you know, bring it back to what for me is kind of the pillar of coaching that's kind of taking something concrete away and going out and doing some action. Mm -hmm. um, so for me, that, that like very basic or like open structure to some extent is really helpful for an effective coaching session. All right. So like, I like the whiffle idea. It's kind of like uh, when you journal in the morning, you just kind of get, get stuff out, you know, it's mm. kind of like emptying the email inbox as uh, I forgot who was calling it like that. Um, but like just getting stuff out there, that's really, that's really helpful, I think. And also like, I think some general structure that makes coaching, coaching, like some contracting in the beginning and what would you like to get out of the session and, you know, being clear on how can you provide value today and in the context of the relationship as a whole. And then at the end of it, kind of bringing the, the conversation to a close, what are you going to do as a result of this? You know, maybe what do you want to commit to, if anything? You know, um, sometimes you just need to kind of let it settle. But having those contracting conversations, opening and closing, the kind of takeoff and landing, as my colleague Ross calls it, um, I think that's quite uh, that's quite helpful as an effective structure. Um, what happens in the middle, then it depends, right? Mm -hmm. Sebash, what do you think? Yeah, well, I think, you know, as... As coaches, you know, start and they just qualify it. I think structure is really important. Mm -hmm. And I think as as a coach, like as you get more experience, and this was really for me, is you know, in the beginning, like having certain things that I want to do, like having an intro, maybe setting. Again, you know, it depends also a little bit on whether it's a first-time conversation or it's an existing client, a bit, you know, whether it's a long long-term existing client. But it's just really creating safety in the beginning. Maybe starting with a question, you know, letting them know how much time we have. And, you know, and I think as as I've become more experienced, sometimes it's just starting with one question, like what would make this session really useful for you? What would make this amazing? And then just creating space, right? But 
knowing i think what happens is there is a structure but as i've used that structure so many times it's probably ha- it's happening now subconsciously it's mm. really happening you know like driving a car we don't really realize we're doing all those things we're ticking all those boxes but we're not really you know consciously doing it yeah and i think you draw on something very important which is the safety element you know uh, when you drive a car what the kind of uh, the sequence of things that you do when you change a lane is going to provide you with some safety. Yeah. You know, you know, you're going to, you're going to first indicate and then you're going to look over your shoulder and then you're going to turn over, you know, that gives you safety because you know, you're doing things right. You know? Um, and I think in coaching, it's the same. And I think the kind of coaching maturity that you kind of refer to in the beginning, that safety holds both us and the client. So I found it the easiest to sign up a client when I like when I have told them, okay, so first we're going to do this and then we're going to do that and then we're going to do that. And then typically we're going to do this and this and this, and then you're going to get the results that you want. You know, that's that's a a structure and that's a process and the client knows what they're going to get into, you know, how that would look like in practice uh, might might, uh, differ, you know, but having that kind of structure and knowing what you're going to do uh, it's so it makes somebody feel so safe, the client as well as the coach. So in the beginning, coaches need that kind of structure. I fully agree. Mm. Um, and I guess sometimes I can forget because I, I, I do believe that it depends so much on who's sitting in front of you. And all my coaching looks slightly different depending on who's in front of me. Um, I, I tend to create a lot of space and hold that. But the other day for a demo, I was working with a client who was like Nikki, like a, a, a thousand miles an hour, brain working super fast, lots of energy, uh, but kind of going in circles and uh, kind of, I needed to intervene. There needed to be more structure. It was very important for both of us. Um, and, and in the beginning, I think it's even more important. That's why the grow model or the practice model or, you know, Oscar or um, any of the others that are out there are so helpful in the beginning. You know, at some point they might be in the way because you realize that they only apply for certain clients a certain time. Um, but as long as you frame your space and say, this is how I coach, this is the kind of structure, and you work with clients for whom that kind of structure would lead to an effective outcome, amazing, you know? It just kind of keeps your clientele to a certain kind of coaching or a certain kind of outcome. And for that, it's it's specialized and it, it works really well. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and in, in general, I've also found very useful, this is something we discussed, I think, last week or a few weeks ago in, in a supervision session. But what I found very really useful right now is starting the session with a pos- on a positive note. So rather than just creating space for the client to say, well, I have all these problems, this is happening to me. It's just slowing them down and starting the session with, hey, what's been one win for you in the last week? Mm-hmm. Or what's been one thing that's been really positive in your personal life and professional life? And that just shifts the state of the client. You know, and, and like, like Nikki said, and at the end of the sessions, usually I personally slow down and say, what's been one insight for you from this session? And then also maybe sometimes, depending on the session, asking them, what is one tiny step you will take? What's, what are you going to put into practice? Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, like having little things and, and what I've actually noticed is in the years, there has been times where I've completely let go of structure. And in my reflection of the session, at the end of the session, right, I realized like, hey, you know what? I've gone over time or we, we kind of lost the agenda and what I found actually really useful is just bringing the structure back again and again, mm-hmm. right? 
and you know and, and i think that this happens everywhere you know you probably you're driving for years and all of a sudden you get a you get a ticket because you're not wearing your seatbelt and you just because you're you've just got into the mode of like hey you know what let's let's start but i think from time to time we just need to slow down and actually think hey am i actually doing this the right way I'd love to pick you up in the metaphor again. It's so rich, you know, because like I'm just thinking about the seatbelt. It's like, I don't even think about putting the seatbelt on, being personally. Yeah. I just put it on. Mm -hmm. It's not something I think about. And I think the same thing as I'm reflecting about it now happened in coaching as well. You know, I don't need to think about asking somebody, what would you like to get out of this today? What would you like to talk about? How would that look like? You know, mm -hmm. if, they, if they tell me, oh, this, and then I just kind of dig into the goal a little bit more. You know, just clarifying that, that kind of exploring, clarifying, uh, that's my seatbelt. You know, after some time, you don't think about that anymore. Asking for an insight at the end and kind of inviting action and responsibility, um, commitment. You know, these, these are my seatbelts at the end. I don't need to think about it. I don't try to get out of the car without taking the seatbelt off. It's like, it's so automatic. But you're right. In the beginning, we need to learn to remind ourselves about that. And that's why, why structure in the beginning is so important. Then at some point we internalize some of the structure. And I guess what I was thinking about when I heard the, the question for the first time was not the kind of structure I had already internalized, but the kind of step-by-step -step process or the kind of structure that goes through a session rather than the things we, we kind of do automatically with a bit of experience, hopefully. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, for me, it's reminding me, you know, of, of the whole like being consciously competent. And that's the point where you're probably kind of consciously putting in some structure and kind of helping you kind of stay on track as you're still kind of learning or um, developing your coaching. And then you get to that space where it's really intuitive, like it is, you know, you're both describing and it's that unconsciously competent space. And, mm. um, you know, the other thing I'm just thinking about and, and that kind of someone mentioned something earlier in the conversation It makes me think of, you know, an effective session is, you know, surely in terms of the, the aims of coaching to, to change something from how it was to before to how the client wants it to be is kind of, you know, thinking about what would the client most benefit from or what is it the client needs to some extent. And then that makes me think back of like, you know, rather than having a whole structure, it's that element of being really present with the client. And so if the client is someone, for example, really fast paced, maybe slowing it down and kind of complementing that. Or if the client is someone who's really slow, kind of, you know, trying to bring in more energy, or if the client is someone who's very kind of detailed, trying to like think bigger picture, or if they think bigger picture, trying to like bring them into the details. So I don't know, you know, I think effective in that present sense is being the complementary kind of energy or whatever to help the balance the, the client come into like mm -hmm. a better optimum kind of balance. Mm. Yeah, and I think it's also really important to involve the client in that conversation of what will be effective for them. Um, mm -hmm. There's a, an approach to coaching uh, coming out of the pluralistic uh, therapy movement by uh, Mick Hooper and uh, McLeod. Um, it, it involves um, involving the client, collaborating with the client to figure out what would be an effective way forward here. You know, how can we best work together? And... Um, Asking, just simply asking the client, how do you best learn? You know, uh, what would be a, an effective way of working with you? What has worked for you in the past? Have you had any experiences of coaching or one-to-one -one practices, consulting, mentoring, therapy, any of those? You know, um, when was a time when you like went through change productively or constructively? 
You know, what are the elements that worked for you? So including those bits in the contracting stage in the beginning um, helps you to tailor a coaching approach that fits for this particular person, rather than assuming that there is a, a one size fits all kind of uh, effective approach to coaching. And mm. there's certain some commonalities, you know, certainly some factors like the contracting and creating rapport and, you know, but like some people start with a positive note in the beginning. Some people focus on a problem and define it. And all of these approaches, and we know that from science as well, all of these approaches, it's not that one is more effective than another. You know, it, mm -hmm. it depends on context, it depends on what works for that person, depends on what stage in their life they're at. You know, so I've seen uh, quite a few coaching sessions recently that were super informative, very directive, lots of suggestions. The coach talks most of the time, you know, and I'm like, yeah. for me, that's like, is that really coaching? And I really thought about that and I thought, yes, that's the informative end of coaching. That's what a lot of people expect when they go to see a life coach that they tell me how to live life and what to do right. And they educate me on how the mind works. You know, mm. that's arguably also coaching. That's maybe not what I would call coaching sometimes what I see, but it arguably is because they call it coaching and people look for that kind of stuff and they pay people for it and they come back after they've experienced it. So frame your space. You know, and then work with a client to figure out what would be an effective session for you. You know, and if they want me to teach something, I have to make a decision whether I'm willing and able to teach that to them. And if not, they need to work with another coach. You know, if that's what they think is going to be the most effective session, I can invite them to give my kind of coaching a try, you know, where I maybe not teach them. Um, maybe if I have some knowledge, I might put it on the table and see what they think. And then we have a conversation about it. But I'm, I'm generally a believer in you create your answers because that leads to you owning your way forward and take responsibility for your learning. And it takes the responsibility kind of off me as well, which I think is, is important because I want somebody to be able to learn and grow, move forward. But if they tell me they want some teaching and they thought coaching was that, then, you know, I, I'm just, I don't do that kind of work unless I really have it and then we can contract for it. And then I say, okay, I'm happy to teach you but I'm not going to call it coaching. You can call it coaching mm -hmm. if you want. <laughs> yeah. I really like that. What's worked well in the past, but also maybe just asking what's not worked well. Mm -hmm. Yeah. How did you in the past, you know, how did you, what did you do in the past that didn't work? Mm -hmm. And I think that's really interesting because we, we, we get people for, you know, I run group programs and sometimes we get people come into group programs and, you know, at the end of the session, and like, oh, can I have like a step-by-step -step plan on how to actually do this, <laughs> right? And some people are like, well, can I have, can I have more visuals, mm. right? I think, you know, just creating that space, I think is so powerful, especially, yeah. especially in groups, but I think even in one-on-one, -on -one mm -hmm. because we, it's very easy to make assumptions that people are like us. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. And, and really often, often they are more similar to us because they get attracted to the way that we put ourselves out there. <laughs> and then, you know, people who are more similar to us will approach us. So it's easy to kind of move into that uh, routine of working in a particular way. And then we attract more of those people. But something that just came up for me is, uh, I guess, a really good piece of advice is in order to be most effective in your coaching is not to try to be too effective in your mm -hmm. coaching in the beginning and have that conversation about how could you be effective mm -hmm. and really take some time for contracting. Because I see a lot of, especially new coaches, jump in and they want to provide as much value as possible so that client would come back for a second session. Yeah. You know, That's why it's really uh, helpful for somebody to commit to a journey 
and for you to say, hey, I'd like to invite you to us to take some space in the beginning to really contract, to really figure out how can we best make this work, to draw some of that framework out. You know, how can, how can I best serve you with this conversation? You know, and, and then the, what follows will be such a more uh, effective conversation. Mm. Nice. Mm. I, I think we've got a lot there. Also, I'm kind <laughs> of looking at the time. Is that... Mm-hmm. Yeah. Nikki, you, no, you kind of brought that question in. Do you have... Sorry, Savish, go on. I was just going to say, I think, um, you know, like we mentioned this quite a few times, but I think it comes also back to picking up a structure to start with and then experimenting, mm-hmm. you know, for those coaches that are just getting qualified or, you know, just starting out, I think start with something, start with a grow model. It can just already be really impactful, mm. right? But then, you know, because I think too often... And again, it's not the wrong thing, but too often I see coaches diving in and just trying everything. But often I think what, what's useful is just starting with a structure, getting the structure and then experimenting more mm-hmm. and then experimenting with a whole different model, you know. And, and, and again, sometimes you can mix the models and then create your own model, right? But it's actually just starting with something that's already worked. You don't need to reinvent the wheel straight away. Yeah, I totally hear that. Uh, to answer what uh, what you were um, going to say, Yannick. Um, yeah, I mean, I kind of expected this to be quite an open-ended, you know, conversation <laughs> with no, like, you know, one one size fits all. And that's great. Again, you know, I hope this session has brought lots of tips to people and, and different ideas about um, about what an, constitutes an effective coaching session. I think, you know, and, and kind of summarizing what um, Sevash there, said there as well is kind of, you know, for me personally, as a kind of a coach in my early days, it does really help to have a sense of structure, be that a beginning, a middle or and an end, um, be that, you know, grow model, which I still go back to a lot and just have that kind of as in the back of my mind, but then to really focus on being present and responding to the client in, in the moment and kind of, you know, being available and open to their needs without being rigid with my structure and, for me personally, it's been about finding that balance. And I think everything we talked about has been really useful in kind of to keep in mind and keep working on that. So thank you. Yeah. Cool. And just before we finish, right, we, we did an episode about what to do before a session. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, at the end of the day, bef- before you can have a really good effective session or anything effective, mm. it always starts with what you do before, right? Because... You know, if, if you're just jumping in and you're going from one hectic situation straight into a session, you bring a lot of that in. So for those that haven't listened to that, I recommend you to listen to that episode. Yeah, and if if there's if it's if the um, the kind of stuff that you do automatically, the seatbelt and the indicator stuff, you know, if that's not quite internalized yet, then it's fine to have a list next to you, especially now that we're coaching on Zoom mostly mm-hmm. during the pandemic. You can easily have something on the side of your screen that is like, have I talked about, have I contracted well? Is the goal clear? You know, have I asked at the end, have I invited commitment, responsibility? Like it's it's okay to have that and kind of just kind of check. Are, is there anything in the kind of things that I want to do um, regularly and, and consistently and in a structured way? Have I ticked all those boxes? Um, it's it's nice. That's the one of the advantages of not being in the room with somebody. You can mm-hmm. actually check your structure. 
Yeah, and, and if anyone wants, I'm actually in the process of creating. I love that there's a book I'm going through. It's called Checklists. Mm. And I think it's it's such a brilliant concept. It comes very it's very similar to what you just said. So if anyone wants, I'm happy to create that checklist and actually run it by Yannick and Nikki. Awesome. And actually, we could create probably a checklist for what makes an effective session. And again, it's not about this is not a perfect checklist, but it's something that you can start with. Because I think, you know, like having checklists for different parts of the coaching process can be really powerful. So, yeah, if you're interested in a checklist, just, you know, put checklist. Okay, we have a bit. Someone already say yes. Cool. So we'll, get, we'll create one. being with us today. I appreciate your commitment to learning and growing as a coach. Just a few things before you go. First of all, we're doing this for you, so if there's anything you'd like us to talk about, do send us a question. Secondly, we're not doing this for profit, so we rely on your support to help us reach as many coaches as we can. So if you can send this episode to a friend or tell a fellow coach uh, about what we're doing here, maybe you can subscribe or leave us a review or even support us on Patreon. Um, that would be amazing. And lastly, you can find us across all major platforms. So uh, whether you like to watch or you like to listen or you like to download episodes and listen to it uh, in your car while you're driving through somewhere with no internet, uh, you can do so too. Um, and that's it from us. Thank you and I hope to see you next time.